about the performer. And yeah. then that then that celebrity comedian will do the countdown. Carl, take it away. Welcome to Celebrity Comedian Countdown with special host Mike Spiegelman. Hi, how are you? I'm really excited. Our special comedian countdown is not from New Jersey. He's here in Los Angeles. Miguel Fierro, welcome to the show. What's up, Mike? Hey, it's Google good to man. hear from uh, Miguel and I are we known each other for like 15 years at least at least a longer than that I think actually since probably about 2002 yeah that's right oh, yeah holy shit so this we are in 2022 right now so about 20 <laughs> years uh, we so let me let me uh, just introduce you uh, Miguel Fierro is a really funny comedian uh, here in Los Angeles he was part of the San Francisco scene uh, back in the day. And he's also a single cell orchestra. Let's let the cat out of the bag. Probably yeah. one of the great uh, ambient house bands uh, out there. Uh, and actually, you know, I just want to say, like, when I started doing comedy in San Francisco, there was a club called Cat's Grill on Folsom. And uh, Mimi Gonzalez had women with balls, and they let me perform. And it was right before the ambient night at Cat's Grill. So the back room would have, like, balloons and inflatable pyramids. And then... Uh, they would have DJs play. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I remember they used to do it. Yeah, they used to do an ambient thing back there. I can't remember what it was called, but I'm, I do. I think I've, I think I actually played it like a long time ago um, at the Cat Club. Yeah. Yeah, the Cat Club. Right, Cat Club, and then it became Cat's Grill, and now it's uh, an empty space, probably. No, it's. <laughs> I think maybe a condo. Uh, but let's. Uh, so, do you started with music first or stand up? Music. Yeah, yeah. Since I was a kid, really. And uh, now you you were born in San Francisco, right? Native. I, I was literally born in San Francisco. Yeah, on Geary Street at a French hospital. It doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but I was raised in Marin County, and then I moved back to the city. You know, when I was older. Oh, terrific! Yeah, and so you were part of that San Francisco, like the '90s. I love ambient house music. It saved my life. I just love listening to it and go to sleep to it and just kind of intensely listen to it and and just dance to it and everything. And it was a good scene that you were part of, you know, Jonas Sharp, I guess. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I had a Charles Izell Edwards album he did on Facts, which was pretty mm -hmm. neat. Yeah, yeah. I'm still friends with, I still talk to Jonah. I mean, I still keep in touch with him. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, great guy, huge influence. And, uh, you know, we just love to talk shop and all kinds of other stuff. We've known, been friends for a long time. So. You know, influence. I have to say, the Dead Dead uh, Bent Seven is like one of my favorite albums. And uh, like an idiot, I sold it back in the when I was burning through CDs, and uh, I've always regretted that. I'll send you a new one. I, I have, I have some. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. It's uh, is I listen to it on uh, YouTube occasionally, and uh, I don't think it's in the right order, but uh, it's just it's amazing stuff. So if people are listening, Single Cell Orchestra. Don't let the pun bother you. You listen to 808 State. You can listen to Single Cell Orchestra, uh, and Dead Vault, and then you had a Freaky Shocker album. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, Freaky Shocker versus Single Cell Orchestra uh, on Astroworks. Uh, yeah, we used to play live together, Dom and I, and uh, so they, you know, it, it was fun, and we got a good response. Toured with Moby, a bunch of people, and so they decided to do an album, and uh, yeah, so that's the album we put out. It's, yeah, it's really good. Now, so where where did you perform live in San Francisco? I mean, all over the place. The biggest one was at the Warfield. You know, that was you know uh, that was opening up for Moby. Uh, and wow, that, that was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, you know, clubs, raves. I mean, warehouses. You name it. So. I saw uh, Mixmaster Morris and Pete Namlook perform at a uh, King Street Garage at like three in the morning. Was the start time. 
Yeah, I was there. I, I you was were? There. Yeah, I was there. Oh my God, what an amazing! I woke up. I woke up to the to Namlook's music, and I got his album of that performance. And I could tell you exactly when I woke up when I listened to that album. Yeah, poor. Yeah, uh, Namlook unfortunately passed away, but uh, Mixmaster Morris, he's still doing his thing. You know, he's still, he's still, still uh, DJing. He's got. He, if you go on, what is that? That Mixcloud thing. He's, he's like got a million mixes up there so definitely check that out I'll, ch- I'll check it out for sure i heard a recent album of his and i really i really he still has it uh we should mention you're you're on Bandcamp, you're on spotify you are on amazon music yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah Cell orchestra uh, i've got a bunch of stuff up there and you know my Bandcamp is under my name and uh yeah so you know all pretty much everything else is up there seldom records so yeah and that's c-l-l-d-o-m because god forbid we'd need another pun C-E-L-L-D-O-M, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, well, that's very cool. So at one point, why did you go from music to stand-up? What was the, uh, do, you, do you, I mean, can you tell me, like, how do you approach the audiences when you do music and do stand-up? Um, well, what, what happened was, was that, you know, I, I think in you know, my mid-20s, I sort of just burned out on trying to be like a, a rock star musician guy. And, uh, and so... I got into acting because I just was following my passions, and uh, and then that led to stand up, uh, and then and then actually the real catalyst for stand up was somehow nine eleven. I think that was the thing where I was like I'd been booked to do something kind of like a spoken word thing for like the rave crowd, and nine eleven happened, and I just came up with all this, this you know all this reaction of you know just trying to find a way to have a good time and all that just depressing stuff, and uh, <laughs> and so. So yeah, the stand-up came out of it, and then it was just you know, and then I just fell in love with it. I just fell in love with stand-up. It just you know the the freedom and the and the the whole thing of just you know making people laugh, having a good time. I mean, I just always you know I used to love to sit in the back of the punchline and just and just watch everybody, you and you know the whole the whole crew. That was a long you're, time you're ago. Like a, you're like a class above me, you know. And uh, you know, uh, and if I was if I was at the punchline, that was a long time ago. Yeah, that was that yeah. was a, it was a very long time ago, and. Uh, and it just—I just remember always feeling like you know, if you can if you can laugh at something, then face it and you can deal with it. And I, so you know, not to get too corny about it, but it seemed like a good way to to have fun and also kind of just sort of maintain some kind of healing life force in my life. You know, uh, absolutely. You know, I should mention like I've seen you perform uh, like showcases and knock it out of the park. And then when we were doing like open mics in San Francisco, you experimented. I mean, there was one time you were yelling, one time you were yeah. you were. <laughs> Like you were fearless. I was pretty crazy back then. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was. I had a lot of anger, Mike. I worked through it. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I was in the room. I. I, I yeah, I yeah, yeah. I was loud. I was. I was a loud guy. I, I went. I went through that phase. I went. Yeah. Through, through many several phases. But to your credit, like when we did showcases, you you brought out the material. Like you you knew when to to experiment and when to kind of present the show. Like it was good. Oh, thanks, 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 man, thanks. Well, you, I was always a big fan of yours, and you know, I, I always thought you were you were hilarious, and you know, so I, you know, I just want to give you some props because yeah, you, you were always you were always one of the guys who made me laugh. So you know, I, I do appreciate you, man. Oh, I appreciate that too, and I hope Carl hears this. Um, <clears throat> tell me about Los Angeles. Actually, you had a joke about I was I was at my favorite taqueria, uh, Jack in the Box, right? That was that was that was uh huh. That's gold, yeah. baby. That's gold. Cool. Getting the monster taco, and they didn't they didn't have it. Miguel. Oh, so yeah, I had asked if they had something comparable, and she kicked me in my stomach. Do you st- oh, right? Do you still do that bit? Do you still? Do you still? 
still have a break when, that one out. If I'm next to a Jack in a Box, like if I'm performing <laughs> at a bar, there was a bar on Geary that's next to a Jack in a famous Jack in a Box, and uh, I bring that out. And it it really depends on the mood. Like I, I try to avoid the old material uh, when I was performing because. I don't know. You get it gets kind of dismissive. Like people are like, oh, you did that one, but right. you know, it's a combination. You when the moment hits and it's right, you can do it. But uh, I know, I, I know the exact Jack in the Box you're talking about, actually. Yeah, that's an infamous one. The one next to uh, the one on uh, the avenues, right? Yeah, like on yeah, tenth. Yeah. It, it's 24 hours and there's no lock, and you know things are bad when you turn on the news and you see that Jack in the Box, like the video inside. You're like, uh oh, because yeah, it, it got into like people would beat each <laughs> other up in there. Uh, I think someone got killed there. Nothing good ever happens in a Jack in the Box. You no, know? that's why I use the drive-through. But um, <laughs> yeah, don't go inside. <laughs> the inside, the inside of a Jack in the Box is just like it's like yeah, it's like if uh, if uh, uh, Jerry Springer or some or some you know was a was a, was a fast food. You know, I, I blame the architecture. Those buildings are smaller than normal restaurant buildings. Like they look like a toy when you, so when you see them. Someone needs to do a mic in one of those things. You know what I mean? What's up? What's up? You know. <laughs> you know? Hey, what's up, Jack? What's up, what's up, homeless people? Let's party. You know what I mean? In here for I, warmth. Let's party. Yeah. I would I would dress up as Jack and then host the show. And then I would try to do a Jack voice, which I don't think I can do. No, uh, they do have the best curly fries, so I gotta give them that. So. Oh yeah. No, they're great, man. They're great for vegetarians. Horrible junk food for vegetarians. <laughs> so tell me, so let me I now that I'm in Los Angeles, I wanna catch up. Like, what's your experience in Los Angeles? How how's performing stand-up? You've been doing a lot of shows, a lot of outside shows during the pandemic, producing and, and performing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh did did a few of them for a while I was doing one out there in LA uh uh historic park down there by Chinatown. That that was pretty fun. I, I kinda had to had to sort of bail on that though, because I, I just had my schedule didn't really sort of, you know, work with having a, a show on a Monday afternoon. I, I really enjoyed that. Was my first live show in, in Los Angeles, and uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun. You and Groper was great. Uh, Groperman, uh, Adam, Adam actually turned to me. He goes, "You want to run this show?" <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I was like, "Wow, I just been in, San, in Los Angeles for like two weeks." Yeah, but I, I don't. Uh, I would have had to take the bus, and I didn't have a mic, so I didn't follow up. Yeah, yeah, it's a you know it's it's a it's a challenge running a room. Um, I, I did I did a I did a I ran a room for about nine years uh, at the USA Hollywood Hostel, which was really fun. Um, That's a great room. I've been there. Yeah, yeah, and and we ran it we ran it and you know uh, you know for you know like I say for nine years and then and then and then they kind of got some new management that was not as comedy friendly and you know. So. That's a real shame because that that room's been going on for a while. I got I got uh, put into my place. Uh, I was with a comic and I was talking to a comic and another comic said, are you guys comics? We said, yeah. And they're like, well, can you be quiet as a comic performing? And I went, oh, <laughs> whoa, shit. That's hilarious. Um, um, yeah. And I mean, I've run a few other rooms and stuff like that. You know, LA is, it's fun. It's what you make it. It's a bigger world down here, obviously, than, than San Francisco. Uh, and I miss that about San Francisco, actually, because in San Francisco, it was just this kind of, at least when I was there, there was just kind of a few places that people hung out. Everybody kind of knew each other. You kind of knew, you know, who was, who was funny and stuff, <laughs> you know, right. you know, and, it, and yeah, yeah, sure. You have your East Bay comics and, you know, but all the ones that are sort of really going for it, you would, you would see, you know, mostly, uh, mostly, not, not, not entirely, but mostly, you know, whereas here in LA, it's just sort of like, I mean, there's just so many little subsets of comics. You know, you've got your East Side, West Side. You got your Valley comics. You've got your, you know, oh, you've got Valley your, comics. You know, you've got your your you know uh, 
Silver Lake kids, you know what I mean? There's just so many different, you know, places. But it, I, I mean, to be honest, it's changed probably. I mean, I don't really, I haven't really been out there on the landscape as much because of the pandemic. I've really, yeah, that's kind of put the kibosh on a lot of, you know, a lot of the rooms that I probably would be hanging out in these days. Was that a blessing, the pandemic, the ability just the ability you had to stop for a while? Uh, not for the comedy, no. It was a blessing for the music because being home so much, I just got super into production and the new music I'm making is just like next level. So much better. I mean, I, I love everything I've done up until now, but I feel like I've taken that to a, a next level thing because just so much time at home, you know, and, and uh, you know, really embracing different technology and lot better lot lot better I'll, I'll send you some stuff but uh yeah well let, let, our, let our audience know like your band camp is single cell orchestra the new album is remember the feature yeah exactly. uh, yeah and uh people should definitely subscribe to it and then before we get going um you recently dj'd uh during the pandemic how was that well i actually actually did a i've done a couple i did a live show uh and that that was really fun actually that was uh, uh these guys threw that in this warehouse that was actually back in like the beginning of the vaccinate the early vaccination period where it was like you know you get after you got you know it was sort of assumed after you got two shots then you know life is back to normal for you buddy you know yeah uh, you know and i guess you, you know we we're a bit wrong it was kind of crazy to be in a room with like 200 people or 300 people or however many it was uh when nobody was wearing a mask because you had to show your vaccination <laughs> card um uh you know so it was it was kind of weird it was but you know ended up being fine and uh yeah had, had, had a great had a great time i mean i've I've also been sort of working on that over the last few years my, my live show is a lot a lot more organic it's a lot more hands-on you know uh, drum machines and all that kind of stuff it's a lot of fun so uh, sounds good looking forward to doing more of that too so check out Miguel Fierro in Los Angeles as a performer. Single Cell Orchestra is online. It's on your Spotify. Check it out. Any album is good, but with the new one is uh, Remember the Future. And the, the Mike Speaking one favorite, that Vent 7 is really cool. Uh, and and also, I have to say, like, the San Francisco ambient scene, the record labels, it was cool. Like, all the different kind of bands and stuff like that. I, I thought there was, like, a real scene going on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, it was totally, it was fun, man. It was a, it was a special time a lot of great music came out of that whole time you know san francisco was definitely regarded as you know one of one of the you know cooler places for electronic music to be coming out of in the 90s now it's just everywhere i mean right. it's just every because also too it's like you know you buy a computer and you've got enough technology just in your you know computer that it that it comes with you know that you've got it you most people buy a computer now they now they actually have a studio you know when i was when i was a kid you know you had a you know i worked at a coffee shop and you know we'll save two thousand dollars for a sampler you know what i mean you, yeah. you try that now kids you know oh if but, these computers coming out had like a podcast feature carl and i are fucked yeah <laughs> so well cool I, i'm so glad to be talking with you and i was really happy to see you again when i moved out here and uh yeah likewise, uh, man. yeah so we we uh, have an audience. We have a movie line, queued up. We want you to do our celebrity comedian countdown and and let them know when they could hit play. Are you are you ready, Miguel? I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one. That was a really interesting comedian countdown. That was excellent. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. All right, here we go, Harry. Man, it, 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 it,
Oh, look, they had a tramp stamp because that was manual. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Tramp, tramp, tramp. I'm going to lower the music. Uh, have you ever heard? So Harry Langdon plays Harry Logan. Harry Logan sounds like a show business name. Harry Langdon was a show business star with a weird name and a weird act, Carl. Uh -huh. Look at that. Joan Crawford's in this movie. Huh? Well, let's kick it off. It's only the title card for these early movies. We start off in the fictitious town of Burton, Massachusetts, where there's a, uh, you can tell we start off, uh, which is owned by John Burton, rich family. They own the Burton shoes. He's so rich, he put his daughter on this poster. Which, but, <laughs> and they're like, guys are walking around like, I need a pair of shoes. And they see the daughter, they're like, hot dog. And <laughs> uh, so he is going to, he needs a gimmick. PlayStation is acting. All right. Yeah, they're crushing the competition, especially in the world of shoe manufacturing in the town of Burton, <laughs> Massachusetts. Meanwhile, at Amos Logan and Son Handmade Shoes, Burton, Massachusetts store. And look at that boot out there. See? The little competition. Yeah. So, by the way, our star, Harry Langdon, who's considered huge, he was born in 1880. He really looked like FDR just then. Well, look what's between his leg, uh, between his legs, Carl. He has like a little shoe, uh, right? In the middle. Yeah, so he can mend shoes on there. Okay, here comes the landlord. He's gonna classic, right? He's like he needs to rent when, Carl? But three months. Don't you hate that? <laughs> <laughs> so this is gonna be landlord porn, where the old man's gonna have sex with the landlord, so he can delay paying the uh, uh, -huh. uh rent. Which is disguised. due. It's Usually my landlord would say, speaking when the rent's due in like two hours. I've never once had him say, by the way, you got three months, three whole months to pay me rent. Because <laughs> they had to travel like by stagecoach and bullshit. That's amazing. All right. So this is a Harry, Harry Langdon is a movie star. He, uh, he was a vaudevillian. He's going to show up in a sec. And right now he's at the height peak of his uh, popularity. And he's considered like, you know, there's Chaplin, there's Keaton. Is that right? Uh, there's uh, Harold Lloyd, white guy. There's Patty uh, Arbuckle. Patty Arbuckle was huge back then. Yep. So he he had a fall. Like it wasn't as bad as Fatty, but uh, he this was this is the first movie he did in 1926, mm -hmm. 27, and uh, 27, right? No, 26. 26. He also did a movie. He's an interesting guy because he was a vaudevillian. He he did medicine shows and stuff like that when he was twelve. He did minstrel. He dressed did blackface, and he met his wife Rose, and and they married in '03, and they had an act. And he used to do I guess called Johnny's New Car, according to Wikipedia. There ah uh, there it is, Joan. That's so crazy. La, la, la. The dad's saying, "Listen, this factory in in town is killing us, and we got to get the rent in three months or we're doomed." Then across the street is a billboard for that very factory. And he's like, oh, I can't wait to jerk off to this billboard later. Like, they don't stop and say, that's the final insult. <laughs> so he's in love with the bad guy's daughter. That's exactly right. right. And he needs money in three months. He's yeah. got to get the rent. Deadline. Yeah. So he uh, and he's going to have, like, there's some funny play cards. I'm waiting for it to show up, actually. But, you know, this, this. so he had a Vavillian act. He would do the same bit, like, for 20 years. Going to I, I went to a Halloween party as a placard once. My face was the placard. Like, my face was in the middle, 
<clears throat> and then the, the the rectangle was around me, you know, uh, and people were like shaming me for being in blackface. Yeah, it was very controversial at the time. I'm sure you thought it was funny being in blackface. <laughs> okay, he's. I'm gonna get the money in three months if it takes me a year. Now this is actually really <laughs> clever fun. writing. We'll check out the next placard. So here he is. This guy is like John C. Riley, not John C. Riley. Like he's off. He's like Zach Galifianakis humor. He does the opposite of what you expect. Mm -hmm. Like he's gonna go out and get the money, but he immediately walks out and he's completely perplexed. <laughs> he can't even walk. And here, here we go. <coughs> now they take the primrose path or the easiest way. I love that. Usually you take the hell, you know, the terrible, the hardest path or the path thrown in hell. And this one's like, you want the one with roses or the easiest yeah. one? So here's the landlord. He's like, hey, by the way. Clean my shoe, which is very common in Burton, Massachusetts. Burton. <laughs> Burton. <laughs> Buster Burton. Buster Curton. But Keith. Buster Curton. No, I don't get this. Like, so he takes the bags. He's helping the landlord. Yeah, like, why would he kiss the landlord's butt? But okay, he's a yeah. nice person and goofy. He, uh, he. He went to, and so by the time in 1923, he went to Hollywood and he talked to Hal Roach, you know, the Hal Roach studios, but it didn't work out. He worked for uh, a company and then um, he started working for Max Sennett for the Keystone and he created this character and Frank Kappa and this director, Harry Edwards, and another mm -hmm. man like helped work out. Check out this deal. They have a promotion to sell shoes. They're going to have people walk from Burden, Massachusetts to Burden, California wearing Burton's factory shoes for free or something like as a promotion yeah and whoever wins gets 25 no it's twenty five thousand dollars on stage oh you, okay so you have to buy our shoes and you have to walk it and if you no, they're win, like we give you money they're like hey people it's a great promotion people are here at the barbecue look at that Did barbecue you see that that was a cow like the whole cow well, it's really funny. They said, here's our promotion. We're going to do a cross-country walk, and everyone out here is, just, is here to, to, to send them off or here for the barbecue. And they, show the, they walk out the window, they look outside, and they cut to the barbecue. Like, they looked at the people, and then they looked at the barbecue. So here's the dark. Look at that. You know, they had to, like, draw, paint that in the background, that factory. Yeah. Okay, so here we have, we have all the onlookers. They're not waiting. There's no microphones back in the day, so they use that mic, that uh, megaphone. Bullhorn. Bullhorn. Yeah. Bullhorn. I know. And the crowd's like, "We want more barbecue." <laughs> I'm here for the barbecue. So these are all the famous walkers in a countrywide walking competition. <laughs> Goodness, there is such a thing in 1926. You know, it's like a different culture. It's like a a different country. They speak English, but they have their own. It's not just a different time. It's a different America. Okay, so Cargas, the, uh, by the way, his name is Cargas. He is not only their evil landlord, he's the world-famous walker. He is, coincidentally. Yeah, right. And that's where he's leading uh, Harry right now. He's asking him to take the bags, but Harry can't. He can't get past that billboard. Because of the girl? Yeah, look, he's like, come on, check it out. I mean, imagine you're watching this as like a... He's Will Ferrell, or like, what, what's know. the big deal? What, what is it? Oh, uh, what is it? I got a walking competition. I got to walk across country. Look that, Glenn. Yeah, it says nothing. Oh, there we go. 
Yeah, he's like, check her out. I jerk off to that picture. <laughs> I'm so crazy. I've been creeping that picture for months. They're closing my dad's store, but I don't care. They're billboards across the street. So wait, so our enemy is going to compete in the walk? That's right. For and Goofy offered to carry his bags, he'll be in, competing in the walk as well? Yeah, you know, this guy just walked out of the place. <laughs> the landlord was outside and said, you know, hey, clean my, shine my shoes and carry my bags. And uh, he's a man-child, you know, but he uh, he's not like an angry man-child. He's kind of just uh -huh. like a, a wistful, naive, like uh -huh. very introverted. It's a deadpan style because, like, he just does the opposite of what you expect, especially in a silent movie where they, things seem to be really exaggerated. Like, he's going to help him out. Here. I Damn, met rock. With rock. See, for a world-class walker, he's such a little whiny jerk. Right? Like he has a cane. So he's and he clearing the way from the rocks. Yeah, yeah, he's kicking the rocks. Boy, is he a prince. Yeah, right. Make way. Prince coming Whoa. through. <laughs> that was just, I think you're a couple seconds ahead of me. Uh, he just, okay. I guess I am. Pat is going on. I, I'm at 925. I'm at 930. Okay, yeah, I'm at 9. No, I'm. you're ahead of me. Oh, I'm 9.33. Yeah, you're like two seconds ahead. It's fine. Okay. All right, great. It's funny. Perfect. Okay. You were right, though, that I was... It's winter in one place and summer in another. No, it's just No, bad. it's just overexposed. Out. Yeah. yeah. Other copies on YouTube were, were sometimes better, but sometimes worse. But I, I prefer this one. This one was, was uh, put Here in last the year. Champion walker of the world. Yeah. Yeah, and then he walks in. Stupid. Oh, I'm so fucking bloated from barbecue. I'll, I, I'm so amazing to meet you, man. I don't know if it's the meat I've been eating and the free beer, but whoa. Can we do a selfie? <laughs> yeah, that's going to take an hour. Oh, and they, can, they can't wait. And there's, of course, Billboard Girl. I didn't look up any information about Joan Crawford. You know, I don't think now is the time, but this is definitely in the 20s, like one of her earlier movies. Mm -hmm. We should find a, wait, a movie. Joan, with Joan Crawford, Crawford, the Joan Crawford I know? The Joan Crawford we all know. Mommy dearest Joan Crawford. Goodness. I got to see her face again. She's that hottie. Imagine you married her and then she was like, no fucking wire fucking hangers. Uh-huh. You're like, Ever. oh, I wanted the tramp, tramp, tramp. <laughs> I thought I married a tramp, tramp, tramp. Get off of me, you goof. You're yeah. a bro. Hey, look at that deadpan. <laughs> all right. You'll let me never That's see you again. Offered? My goodness. Oh my God. Where are I you? Think this is all bleached out. I can't overexpose, you've been saying. So I can't really get a good. Right. So long, sucker. All right. Well, off and they go. He'll say, I'll compete in that walk myself. Well, you know, it's the moment's gone. I don't know. Like he, look, he's, he's like a kid. He doesn't know how to react. Oh darn! Shucks. This doesn't process, but she, she kind of. It's interesting because this movie is like, oh, I, I'm obsessed by this woman, and she'll become my sweetheart, and we'll have a child together. And that's always kind of creepy, but she falls for Why him do you a say bit. It's creepy because that's it's biology not... making you want to have a baby. Right? right, but he's like totally obsessed by her, but she kind of falls for him. Uh, I'm at 12.02. Okay, I'll just start telling you seconds. Yeah. 12 and 1, 
two, three, four, five. So now I'm behind you. No, you're good. We're we're all together. I was waiting for you to say eight. All right. So yeah. So he's he says, screw it. I need to unwind. I'm going to go mentally undress oh, the hello. billboard. Hello, beautiful. Ah. So what? Yeah. So that's like probably the closest to a reaction shot he does, right? Like usually he just he doesn't do the like. Wah! He, uh, he, he struck it big. So he did this movie, and then the writer, Frank Capra, directed his first movie this year with him called The Strong Man. Uh-huh. The Frank Capra. Uh, Frank, Cap- Frank, Frank Capra. Maybe you heard of him? Yes. I've heard of him as an author. He was a director? Yeah. He directed a movie called um, It's a Wonderful Life. Big, big <laughs> flop at the time. And then it went into the public domain, and then uh, – <laughs> Uh, because it was Christmas, he did the Billy Jack prequel, uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, with Jimmy Stewart. That's a great, uh, for its time, it was a great film. I don't know. It was missing Billy Jack. Billy Jack Goes to Washington, <laughs> on the other hand. Now, that's a Goes to Washington movie. He uh, So they, they met at uh, Keystone Studios, and he said, screw it. He You know, he's, this guy's very ambitious, Harry Langdon. So he said, I'm going to create my own company, Harry Langdon Pictures, and make my own movies. And he took uh, Harry Edwards, and he took Capra, and he took another writer, and they, they left uh, Keystone, and they made a deal. Same guy who ran the first production company he was with, this was the first national pictures. Did you see that bank-like name in the opening credit? Yeah. Yeah. So they made a deal. You, you will give us four movies from Harry Langdon Studios or what have you. And this was the first one, and it was a hit. Okay, so that's the application form. She wants him, she feels bad. He wants him to join the competition. So sign here. Yes, sweetie. Oh, join the Oh, he could maybe be a double, a a spy, a... uh, No, not even. She just, she just, you know, thinks he wants to give him a chance because uh, she feels anyone could join. Okay. Oh, it's a walk. Register for the walk. Right, this is like the running walking man, and this is like uh, we okay. had the cannibal run we saw where we could, they drive cross country. They're gonna, he's gonna walk from Massachusetts to California. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! To promote a pair of shoes. Oh my god! Which, by the way, falls apart halfway through the race for him. I to, really like to go on my walks, but the thing is, like, if I get to like seven miles. I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. Once, once my pedometer says 10,000 steps, I'm done. So I, I also, not recently, but in the past, I would like do a 10 mile on the weekend, like in 2015 or something. The and walking? My God, it would knock your ass. Yeah, like in a hike and shit. It would, you would be great during a lot, of, but at the way end, you're in your ass dragging only two more miles. Fuck. He's writing a note to his dad. He's like, don't worry about the rent due in three months. I have a surefire way to get 25 grand. All I got to do is walk to California. P.S. Did I mention I jerk off to that billboard girl? <laughs> oh, better get Ma's wedding cock ring out of stock? Hawk? Hawk. That, that I actually... Out of hawk. Yeah, I've watched this movie a few times, actually, Carl. And... Uh, I thought it was Sid Hawk the second time. 
All right. So this is only an hour movie and the whole premise is a race. So how much running time do you think it's devoted to the actual race? It's <laughs> like I was expecting the whole film. They still haven't walked. This is the night before and the hotel's overbooked. And see, there's the, the car gas. Will you share your room? Right? It's the 20s. Fuck that. Right that happened the... to me in Texas. They were like, do you want a handicap access room? And I was like, no, I, I don't want anyone having access to my room. Handicap or no. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. I'm glad you made your point there. They don't care in Texas. So there's his room, right? I think he's a little obsessed. So he's he ripped out ripped... the ripped out all the posters along the yeah, way yeah like he that's like six billboards alone you're right he's fucking nuts that he, went the to, best. he must have went to burden and got the that billboard and then west burden now, see, i thought he had a healthy like oh i like that girl i'm gonna marry her one day and we'll I'll have kids together and be happy and i was like what's wrong with that mike but if he's stealing billboards and, <laughs> but, no. but if chris farley did that wouldn't that be cute and endearing with Bubble Boy, this movie reminds me of Jake Zillenhall in that in 19, like 2000 movie yeah. Bubble Boy, where he has to travel cross country because he wants to go girl he loves. Immunities. Now this this is a uh, so this is the the bad guy. Look at this. Ah, got one up more up the sleeve. <laughs> Don't kiss the dirty outside billboard thing. Right, you know, it's got that uh, paper, uh, wallpapery, and the, it was on with the glue. Okay, never mind me. Nope. Oops, fell apart. Now I don't know. Like, do you think this would be funnier if the guy was like wide awake, just waiting for him to stop? Because he's like, Maybe. I thought it, I thought his eyes were open, and he was just like patiently waiting this through. But he's actually sound asleep during this. There's two things in this movie that I, I wish they changed. This is one of them. I wish he was awake, just silently writing this out until, of course, it's a complete disaster, like a Jerry Lewis movie where the boss watches him try to sack cans. Mm -hmm. My other, my other complaint about this movie is that his dad makes shoes. He the competition is killing his dad's business. Competition is doing a competition where you walk in the competition's shoes and you get twenty five thousand, which would save his dad. Yeah, he does the competition wearing. I don't know what pair of shoes he wears. I think it's his own. I don't think he's wearing burden. That's ridiculous. Like, I don't know. Wouldn't that make the movie better if he wore his own shoes? I don't know. Does he still win the prize? Yes, he does. Well, then, yeah. Yeah, that would be better. But his dad's not concerned about his company or, or the competition. You'll see his dad has a really interesting <laughs> subplot, which I don't want to reveal just yet. Okay. Here we go. Wow. Darn it. He really what fell on that dude. That was a real fall, man. Say, what do you think? What I'm do you just trying to get to sleep. I got a big race. I got to walk. He sleeps with his fans? That's deplorable. Oh, yeah, and not professional at all. He turns the light off, of course, which starts Look, the fans. Look, doing it right in front of everybody. That's <laughs> You should at least clean up afterwards. My God, that's a lot of socks. Gym socks. And cut. <laughs> right, just looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> I can't sleep. I think I'm a couple seconds before you, but I don't care. 
You know, so this interesting the sleep pills. Right, which in 1926, the fucking must be killer. Heroin or something. But they're shaped like aspirin. Mm-hmm. You know, like so they were manufactured somehow. Yeah, just like cocaine was. You could do any old drug you wanted before they made laws, you know. Look, look how many, I mean, he gives him the whole bottle, of course. Oh, no, you fool. He doesn't like this guy. He's gonna, he first off, they're competing, which I don't think Cargassi realizes. The <laughs> second one. Down with booze. But not all the booze. Watch, he's going to no, reserve they're gonna, it. They're going to rule it a suicide. Uh-huh. I know. This movie's great. Here you go. Have this. Now, sleep in the hole in your bed. Don't they have to pay the hotel? <laughs> yeah, well, you know. I'm going to kill you for this. Now, here we go. Think of any other comedian. Like, think of Jim Carrey going to sleep. This yeah. guy just does it differently. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I think that's what he's saying, right? Yeah. Fire my agent and saying over and over again, fire my agent. Can't sleep. Yeah. All right. Okay. Hey, great. Carl, keep going. Carl, keep going. Keep dragging it out. Don't pretend you're sleepy just yet. Yeah, I can't sleep. See? He's so anti on this. Yeah. Which is strange. So, Carl, he he kicked the... He did... Three movies uh, with Capra, and then he fired everybody from that crew. Listen, I, I, before you go on, I won't interrupt too much, but I just got to say, wait till you see, Arbuckle shares his story, but go ahead. Okay. Well, no, I, I know. I, I read a couple like books about it. Oh. studios, making his own Yeah. Companies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and these guys were superstars. I mean, this is 1926. Who, who knows how big they are? Look, he's finally, it's finally hitting him. Uh, he... Uh, he directed his own movies. He thought Capra wasn't good enough. And his movies, I haven't seen. Like, I just heard about this guy. I, uh-huh. I saw him and I saw his character in the movie Stan and Ollie. But I didn't realize, you know, that he had such a huge background. He, he directed a couple of his own movies. They flopped. First National broke it up. And he went, he kind of wound up, uh, couldn't get his silent films done. But by 1928, you know, they were making talkies. And he went back to Hal Roach, and they had this silent movie star who's going to do a talkie with him. And it's on YouTube, and I absolutely recommend okay. looking for it. He's passed while he sleeps, looking for uh, Harry Langdon's first talkie. It's one of the worst fucking things, the craziest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. His voice was a little weird. Like, he got a new one, got a new one, a little high pitch, a little, a little, uh, and it was weird. And then at the end, one of the characters, one of the guys comes and talks directly to the camera and says, hi, I'd like to get out of character and welcome Harry Langdon <laughs> to Mr. Roach. Welcomes Harry Langdon. This is the first talking for Hal Roach. And Mr. Roach looks forward to working with him. That's the end of the, of the uh, thing. You have to watch it. All right. So here we have, we have all the international world it's champion walkers. Run. That's exactly right. But uh, Burt Reynolds is not there. Right? What the fuck did you do to my hotel? This is the weird thing. Is like his buddy. I don't know who this guy is. Honestly, the oh, he's the owner of the hotel. Yeah, maybe. All right, so he's. Oh, that makes more sense because he has to go on his own. He's like, <laughs> he's groggy, but he's alive. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty cool stuff. So you know, the story goes like it's kind of a. Profical, right? How Carl did I pronounce it right? A story. A, prof, a what? A profical, where what? it's not really true, but you just say it anyway. It's just kind of became the story. 
affection. Approximate. Anyway. Approximate. Did Jesus use him a lot? No, no. Look at what's caught in there. Anyway, so the story goes is that Capra. uh, Parabola. 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 All right, never mind. (laughs) Paragon of. No, it's a proxiful, a proxiful, a proxiful. The story, anyway. So it said he said, you know, the story goes is that he lost it after that, and uh, they the, the 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 influence of sleeping pills. Is that yeah, why he, well, he's walking off. Trouble. Okay. He had. I like the spittoon in the uh, hotel room too that he, he used. <laughs> For so here's chewing tobacco. So I, what I didn't get is that like I thought this guy came like drove a car over and said, "Harry, you got to go." Because now here comes Harry and he's in a cab. Again, this is halfway through the movie. The race is finally we saw extended night before. Look how he has to wear such a uniform. Oh, well, yeah, it's a checkered cab. So this guy, I don't know who this comic is. Like, he's listed, actually. I do have his name. His name is Brooks Benedict. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, for some reason, this is like the longest uh, run. I love Brooks Benedict, like with the Hollandaise. Uh, it's a little too rich for me, you know. I, once in a while, I'll go out and have a Brooks Benedict. There's, this whole like asking for change bit goes on forever, it's a, and then there's a payoff that's just fucking nuts. But other than that, this is completely out of place. You okay, know, like asking for ch- yeah, it doesn't go with the plot. He's asking for ch- to tip him. Yeah, no, he's saying you got to pay the fare, man. Listen, you got to pay the fare, man. Oh yeah, let me go check. Uh, I, I have. You need, what, no two money. bits? Hey, you want two bits? Yeah, he has no money, right? And uh, so it gets even matter. Hey, man, this is my only scene in your movie, and I'm going to be expecting it crazy. People are respecting Joe Crawford. They're expecting Nick Cargus. Not going to happen. I have to get my money before this movie could continue. You're getting to be a pest. What are you, on drugs? <laughs> right. <laughs> He goes back into the cab. I'm a couple seconds. All right. So yeah. So like it's funny, but it doesn't go with. Yeah, we want him to get in the race. We want him to walk for Joan Crawford. You know. He uh he divorced his wife. His wife and was together for like 20 years, and they divorced kind of around this time. He's gonna throw a brick at him. Uh-oh. Yeah. Right. All this for a quarter. It's kind of frustrating his uh, sleeves. Right. You notice he's like a child. He he runs behind the guy that you know, like he breaks it and then he runs behind him. Okay, so this is all timey fighting, Carl. You know, you gotta take your jacket off. You gotta roll up your sleeves. Yeah, like in the ring. Yeah, it's a big. You just Here can't punch. That's it. That's the joke. That's what we spent so three minutes of this, this movie. Because he couldn't use his arms? He had he... the quarter all along. If, <laughs> if the guy just waited, he would have got his quarter. He would have had his window broken. No, it's not the guy's fault. It was time to pay, and he wasn't paying. Yeah. But it's all because he couldn't reach into his own pocket. Okay, right. so he's super late, right? Yeah, right, but they got to take his photo. <laughs> he's not into it also this is a marathon behind everyone but this is a marathon not a sprint 
So he doesn't have, you know, like you don't have to run up and get it. Yeah, we're we're fucking floating after that barbecue. I ate so much meat, I'm hallucinating. Yay, burdens, they ruined our town. Hello, sweetheart. Yes, I wish you the best. I'm John Crawford. Oh, so he's a... Uh, Is that a cell number? Yeah, well, I don't think he's creepy or anything. Let's see what he has to say in this little note. All right, you go. I know a couple of seconds behind, but I, I've seen this movie a few times. So creepy. But she likes him. She actually likes him. Okay, here's a note. Not creepy at all. Let's see what it says. It's, it's huh. I love you. 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 Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, Carl. Maybe the Why same time. do you think that's creepy and not sweet? How come she thinks it's sweet? Because there's another note attached to it saying, hey, I haven't heard you since the last note. Just want to make sure everything's okay. And then there's that's a third note attached funny. to it that's that says, oh, hi. Oh, hey, sorry. It's me, Harry. Okay, I'll, I'll write you a note later. And then there's a fifth note that goes, hey, I'm really concerned. I haven't heard you uh, write back to me from the last four notes. Yeah. If I if the, if I'm not in, the postmaster will leave a message. Yeah. Look, oh. he's grinning. And then they're like the twelfth notes, like I don't like you anyway. I thought you were stuck up the first time I met you. Then there's the thirteenth <laughs> note. Oh, hey, sorry about that last note. <laughs> that was really crazy of me to write that. This joke's been done before. That's why I'm not cracking up. It's good. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense, Carl. They're in Massachusetts doing a, a countrywide walk. What difference does it make what, what path he takes or how fast he is? What is also, that? It's a coil, like an electrical coil. Like on the inside of a clock or something? Well, you know, there's a big pile of shoes or whatever. Oh, no, that's later. But I, I think he, like, maybe his house was like a mess. Maybe that was a piece of the fan or something, like the hotel room. Oh, right, right. They got stuck in his shoe. Now, isn't this cheating? Yeah, I mean, it is cheating, but there's no path. You just have to get to checkpoints, different towns. and, and Oh, out. so it's not cheating. You don't have to stay on Route 80 the whole way. Right, but also as a competition, it's funny that everyone is in sync except for Harry. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. they're pretty just taking a friendly walk, just fellow world traveler, walk, world champion walkers. You know, there's a lot of sheep in Massachusetts. Who turned all these cows loose and their yeah. sheep? I know. They're, Black they're sheep. Pretty, this is a military base. If you need any assistance, you should contact uh, Private Keepout. Minor threat. Black sheep. Oh, that's a good song. Look, it's... Uh, hi, oh, it's Private no, Keepout. No, that's so scary! Carl, it's all right. Not real life. He's long dead. He died already. These are practical effects. No, they kind of painted. I mean, they had to. Oh, Look at that. The camera is what he did. Okay, so maybe that's a film footage. Yeah, uh, so when the talkies started going in force, he still found work. He got a, a real crazy second career uh, playing, like, second fiddles and, like, mostly not for television, but for, like, B-movies. You know, the second right. movie would be an hour, and there would only be two reels of film. They call them two-reelers. So he did a bunch of like dumb two wheelers. And I actually, the research I did, Carl, because I really wasn't familiar with this guy 24 hours ago, I typed in his name and on Tubi, they have a lot of these films from the 40s, uh -huh. like 58 minutes, 
uh, I saw, what did I see? Delinquent dads or say misleading dads. Let me see what it's called. It was all about the theater seats, keeping them coming and going and grinding. Misbehaving husbands. And he kind of was like a Jack Benny husband type of character. And then I saw him in all American co-eds where this uh, girl's school. Well, he was like the administrator of a girl's college. He said, let's get those stupid frat boys to join our school. And then we can see how they're all idiots. And he, he's talking, but he kind of looks like Ivan Stang, but a little bigger. Wait a, little... Second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. His solution is to hammer himself uh-huh. so he can dangle. Right. It's kind and... of ingenious. Oh, well, <laughs> he's, at, he's hard at it. Oh, wait. So check out what you say. Well, what's going to happen to him? It's fucking amazing. All right. I, I know you're getting ahead of me, but I, I, I haven't I heard can't of believe that That's not real in the background there. Like, well, they painted that factory for Frank, Franklin Shoes. They had to. They did that. You know, there was a lot of trickery for the Harold Lloyd thing. It wasn't a real shot. There's no way. How could he even get the camera set up, let alone have this guy dangle like that? Oh, no! Right, but check it out. <laughs> Look at it. There's a dog all of a sudden. He's on the sled, Carl. He's just flipped right over. Yeah, I think this was in a James Bond film, and it was uh-huh. also uh, oh, in... Jackie Chan did this, too. He rolled down yeah. a hill. He, it was just him and his North Face jacket. And, and we also... Fantasy Island once. Really? My yeah. fantasy is... Is to recreate the Buster Keaton <laughs> scene in, in Seven Chances. That was like a chase. But remember, those boulders fell on him, and that was yep. this last year. So he falls, and then boom, it creates a fence. But these are real stunts he did, right? I mean, he slid down and it magically turned. These little stray boulders around him. <laughs> Private, deep out. Oh, I didn't know this was a military base. Give my regards to private keep out. I keep saying that joke, Carl. All right. So this is where it gets crazy. So his dad's not concerned about the factory. He's going to the movies. Fuck it. So here it is. <laughs> this is where you would see this movie. It gets fourth wally really fast. Like I love Carl. I'm a big fan of movies where the characters go see a movie, especially if they go to the exploitation house. See, there's a guy playing, and they're right there. It's the first checkpoint in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> John Burden, wealthy shoe man. And so people would want to hear that. Can you imagine like suddenly the movie is in a movie theater and there's a guy playing it and you're like playing like him? Like this is kind of fourth wally, right? This is like the final destination, the 3D one, where they go into a movie house in 3D and they get jabbed by they die in 3D in the movie house. Yes. Yeah. It's him. Hey, my, my old boy. <laughs> That's my boy. I taught him everything he knew was about walking. That's how I ended up in this wheelchair. <laughs> That's how I'm in a wheelchair. He wore me out. Look, he's he's representing me well, by wearing the competitors. In California? Shirt. No, they're not. But he can't wait. He, he's creeping. Okay. He's, he needs boundary issues. Boundary. Boundary. This is still filming. So this is weird what this film does. So this is present day Burnham, Massachusetts. They're watching this film reel. But all of a sudden, it's not. It cuts to him in real life, in real time in in Cleveland. Look at this guy's face. So Jersey. What the fuck? Jesus. 
the fuck you do? Fucking Christ. <laughs> Whoa, he just kissed her. Yeah. And it caught on camera. Hey, that's my boy. He kissed her without her consent. So this is a Civil War song. Tramp, tramp, tramp. The boys are marching. Oh, wait, I have the lyrics. <laughs> so this was a... Uh, it was meant that to sing when you were captured by the Confederacy. It was a Union song. Uh, it was tramp, tramp, tramp. The boys are marching. Cheer up, comrades. Today will come. Comrade. And, and beneath the starry flag, we shall breathe the air again of the free land of our beloved home. So that's that's how it goes. So, and there was a Confederate version where they changed it. So it was like, hey, fuck, Southern fuck, brother. Fuck the goddamn North. <laughs> right. Tramp, tramp on their heads. So this movie takes another derailment, right? So somebody's been eating blueberries, so they pull out a gun to trace the, the guy who's eating. It's those damn runners are eating our fruit. <laughs> he's pregnant with fruit. Yeah, he's just having to walk by <laughs> completely guilty, like a kid, right? Just completely caught. Yeah, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Nothing to see here. That guy, shh. The guys looking. <laughs> I got him right here. Yeah, you guys are also looking. Right, he's like, "Don't worry about it." The cops in the back. <laughs> I'll uh, hide this blue juice till my ass. Like the blue juice. Hi. So he like took the blueberries, took his bread, and then chicken. Dude, he has an actual live chicken in his shirt. <laughs> 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 I mean, Jesus Christ. Maybe it's a puppet. What was that? It was a real chicken. He's going to knock it. Oh, there. The bread. Lo- <laughs> All right. So now, no more of the race. We're going to take another detour. Tramp, tramp, so tramp. The boys are now. Oh, dang. Yes, that's walking? right. Yeah, this is like 10 minutes later. He's on a chain gang where you have to carry your own uh, Boy, bowl judge, of chain. jury, and a convictioner. Convict- Don't ever steal blueberries in this town. I'll tell you. They'll fuck you up. Is he going to escape? So he's fake trampet. <laughs> he's fooling everybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, this is great. Like, this is like Chris Elliott. He's kind of like Chris Elliott, right? I mean, like, he's going to uh, do as less work, minimal work as possible on the chain gang. But, you know, the later, his later acting roles, these comedies, these crazy old stupid comedies, they're great bad movies. And his comedy style changes. Uh-huh. You know, he, he's more like, uh, and the co-ed, all-American co-ed, he's like vaudevillian on the stage or moving the hands and he's talking. And he like, he covers his hand with his mouth. Uh, and then in the other one, the uh, misleading husbands or whatever it's called, he's like Jack Benny, you know, he's kind of, he has a family, family served by, uh, there's a, a black butler and a black maid or whatever. They're serving him breakfast. And he said, oh, wh- why didn't you wake me up? And the, the the guy says, I did. I tried to wake you up until I was black in, in my face. And uh, Harry Langdon goes, black in the face. Huh. Huh. You hear that, Mary? Funny joke. Black in the face. So he was black in the face. That was the joke. But if he's like a department store owner who gets, uh, he's setting up a female mannequin in the bed and the whole town mis- misconstrues it. So, but he's like, you know, like he's kind of a hammy guy later. He's like kind of not as dry as this. You know, he, he's wet. 
his wet Coffee humor. Time. Yeah. So he's just fucking around with the police, right? But he's. Yeah, that must have hurt. That must have been not a prop, right? Like if for him to trip. No, it's probably pretty light. But he trips. It doesn't fly with him when he when he walks away. It might be a prop when he drops on the guy's foot. <clears throat> it's got some weight to it, but I mean, it's a movie. Right, I know, but sometimes the, the stunt of it. It is a movie, and this movie is still going on. We won't see the race for a while. So they're just walking. Yeah, well, they got to break the quarry down. So he he doesn't want to do the heavy pickaxe thing, right? Like he's getting down to dirty. He's got a little hammer. He's sitting on a pebble. <clears throat> this rock's not going to break. So you know what? I'll just get a smaller rock. <laughs> yeah, he looks at the hammer. <clears throat> but do you think that's a that must be a prop hammer that hit him on the head? Yeah, I mean, the things we saw about Buster Keaton were doing, and we're like, this is real, this is real, was all like his physical jumping and leaping and throwing wood and, do you know, dodging wood. And this is different. I mean, he's getting hit on the head by a piece of metal. It's got to be. It's a, movie. Yeah. it's a movie. But, you know, this guy's like, yeah, that was pretty funny. You got fucked up. <laughs> yeah, right, pal? It's all right. <laughs> Yeah, all right, pal. Yeah, right, pal. Ah, oh, it doesn't life suck having a second time. All right, it's yeah, walk it off. Drugged. Yeah, he still it must be from the sleeping pills from the first reel. Really? For real? <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is the second time it's happened. Life is the general funny. was eight reels. That's wow. Footage. He had to edit. He had rough footage of two hundred thousand miles. In this movie, he covers his hand. Like, isn't it funny? I got hit in the head the second time. So he uses his hand to cover. In the Bob Hope movie, he's like in the in the uh, department store where he's playing like Jack Benny. There's a scene where he's looking at models wearing clothing, and right. he looks at him and he covers his hand. He goes, "I don't like it." So it's, it's, <laughs> I've seen him do his hands thing three different times. Right? He got back at him. Right, and then what does he say? Hey, pal, that's just the way life goes. Am I right? I'm fine. Hey. It's just easier than Ha, ha, ha. Life sucks, huh? I thought that was pretty funny. Like, this is the only time he stands up for himself, too. <laughs> he hit him on the head with the fucking rock. <laughs> he made it right out. Yeah, this guy's like, yeah. I'm going to take my ball and chain and go. So this is a crazy scene, right? This guy, like, Tex Avery. He sees the the policeman like having playing cards, and he knows where the lockbox is, where they keep all the guns, and the key. So while those guys are having playing cards or having a smoke or whatever they yeah. do in nineteen twenty six, he's gonna unlock these nineteenth century ball and chains these guys have in nineteen twenty. Right? Did they really have that in nineteen thirty six? Nineteen twenty six? I'm sure because like eighteen eighties was just. A little while ago, I, I'm right. not sure the answer, but uh, it doesn't come from. I can't see any Civil War prisoners with those on their shield. Right. I can't. I mean, old timey photos of. 
I always thought you had to do commit a crime to, for a chain gang, you know, not for stealing like a loaf of bread, like Les Miserables style. <laughs> well, if that was France in a different time. and Was it though, Carl? No, it was. <laughs> All right, so he's got a gun. So what does our friend do? <laughs> he's such a dumb <laughs> man. Thank you for this better hammer. Yeah, thank you. Well, I, could, I could definitely break small rocks here. Now, I don't know if this is like real ammo in this movie or what. You know, these when they do special effects and stuff, There's, I don't know if like... No, they use blanks. Uh, we talked about in the general, one of the injuries was uh, an AD got shot in the face wow. by a blank. Yeah. Now, it's just, so they're going to line up, but you know what? They all unlock their uh, ball and chain. They all have guns in their pocket. Right. But I'm like dummy. <laughs> No, our dummy still has the ball and chain. And he already shot his gun. Riot. We're going to have a little police riot. This movie has everything, Carl. Police riot, uh, prison riot. This is me. Like, should I leave? So is he going to... Yeah, like, he's he's so indecisive. Like, he starts to run. He turns around. He, it looks yeah. like he's going to maybe help him. He's going to report okay? it. So how is he now? These guys are shooting, really shooting. Now, are they? He's gonna have to hop on there with the ball and chain. Oh, okay. So he, so he made his decision. All right. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> look at how he galloped. I know it's crazy. He's fucked. They does the next best thing. Train humor. It was really big in 1926. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of those rock guitarists who are like, yeah, like play a middle of a solo. Yeah, yeah. He's making that guitar face too, scrunching it up. Oh, so like, he went uh, to the yeah, walking. forty minutes, forty miles later. Uh, 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 ooh, it finally stopped. <laughs> I just love this. Like, this happened to be water right there. Uh, so he, I mean, this is rivals Chaplin. Fuck him. Fuck Chaplin. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah, so his shoes don't take. So, so my he whole has no bottoms. Right. That's right. So my whole theory of uh, who is his dad's shoes he's wearing to walk cross country, or if it's Burden's shoes, it doesn't matter because he wears them out by by being stuck on a train. Right. Now his chain is cut, but he won't know it, right? And right, no. <laughs> the ball. And then there'll be a scene in which he's really distanced himself from it, and he'll go, oh, darn, and run back and get well, Wait, he's about to go, but he's like, oh, I forgot I got to carry this ball with me. And it's just so happy. So no one else survived the desert. Oh, no, they're not in the desert yet, I don't think. Get out of here, you. This is like a really macabre competition, too, because the other competitors are lost. They didn't make it to the desert or what have you. And they're just like, oh, well, that's just the fatal aspect of our competition. You know, people may die, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is another crazy sign. Why would this guy do this? <laughs> or at least I, hopefully it was one take. Where'd you go? Whoop. 
walking with his floppy ass feet. But meanwhile, his dad is hooked on the movies. Isn't that crazy? Like he gets to see the newsreel, the the Silver City Utah. Movie Tone. Movie Tone News. Dateline. Utah. Another checkpoint. Hey, there's the piano player. Shut up. Stop making yeah. cute noises. Yeah, yeah, back then they didn't have the technology to mute that guy. You know, one version uh, I was listening to, like uh, on YouTube, the panel they mentioned France and they started playing like, all right, they made it. Like everyone else is dead. Oh no, they got to cross the desert. This is it. Well, yeah, it's, that makes so much sense. Look, his father doesn't even say for Betty Boop. <laughs> What about the Merry Melody, sir? He hasn't gotten a Woody in years. Why is he laid around for Betty Boop? And City. Oh, yeah, this is crazy. Sand City. So, you know, we think there's a race. There's, I saw that had... movie. There were different segments. There was uh, some of it was cartoon. Sand City, right? Sand City, yeah. I was going to make a joke about that. I said, that's too obscure. Or it's too too much of a stress. Not that it's obscure. It's great we refer to that movie to the... Look, there's another shoe store there. Probably That's Bird's nice. Shoes. Yeah. Okay. That's right. So he meets him outside his, his shoe stores across America. She's excited to see her boy. Like, why did his, are they supposed to show up exactly in one time? Oh, yeah. Here he is. He did it. He made it through the desert. Everyone else is dead. Oh, so we won't see the desert? Yeah, I don't, you know, this was all must have been shot in California, especially if he's made like two other movies in that time span. Here's my favorite line this movie. Ah, the wolves. Yeah, but they don't call the police or anything, and they didn't have anyone monitoring them. So it's like, no, well, she, she already got the letter. I love you, love you, whatever. So she was feeling bad. So everyone realized he, that, that pays for that crime. But it's just like, they don't get sued for like having a competition where people die. This is why those laws got invented. Yeah, that's right. Like this. That's so right. It's illegal, my friend. You cannot put it in your soda. Now, this movie studio lot must have a, a giant wind machine in this movie. Uh huh. All right. So, yeah. I did it. Don't worry about it. They, are they in Florida filming, right? One of your big pet peeves. No, no. This is. Even worse, it's a guy code. Oh, cyclone, sorry, the text. Look at that, man, that's special effects. It's not a typhoon. It's, just, it's a cool. Uh, because my um, stepbrother, Ken, he's got a lot of money. He's the typhoon. <laughs> Monopoly typhoon? <laughs> yes. I look, people are running. Look, Look at, at the shoe store. Okay. Yeah, this is crazy. They must have, like, how did they do this? They must have, like, six fans or something just blasting through a lot. I'm here. Duh. Where is everybody? Duh. At last, the breeze. Yeah, I know. It doesn't make sense. Oh, he was in the desert. That's why. Yeah, I get it. Uh, Christ like. Angelic, perhaps. And he looks good with the beard. 
I'm going to find more movies by him, Carl. I hate to tell you. Okay, to... he's great. He's hilarious. It, yeah, but uh, I want his talkies. I want him with the really bad comedies that he did. Okay. But yeah, no, he, we, we should do another one of his silence. Whatever you want. Uh, yeah. So. I haven't picked a movie yet. Can't seem to walk across the. What What's no. decisive? Okay. You can't make it past the wind. Okay, I get it now. He's trying to cross. But the wind machine's in the alleyway and they won't let it pass. Right. But again, they must have created some new laws about people walking into all these stunts they do are just nuts. <laughs> Did he do it? No. No. Go back to the corner. Look at He's his like a kid. outfit, man. I know. Pattered from the desert. Oh yeah, that'll that'll do it. It'll launch you, you dummy. We <laughs> got an umbrella. <laughs> uh, let's see. E. All right. <laughs> this is how. So he's a vaudevillian, right? And uh, now he walks onto a barber set. Except he's such a minimal comic. He's the only guy here. Like there's no barber in the whole vaudevillian barber routine. But the the cyclone will change things. The cyclone will change things. Yeah, like he he'll play off the cyclone. So instead of having like a barber on stage with him in this movie, it's this movie set in the wind. <laughs> he's he's going to be naked now. Yeah. So, the cyclone was a great producer. Of course, he was one of the famous Jews. Uh, cyclone. Cyclone. He had his own production company. Sayonara Productions. <laughs> He thinks he heard someone outside. Yeah. Whoa, this is camera effects. No, it's, it's I think it has to be a studio. So they're rocking it back and forth like it's a machine designed to do. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that in this movie. Yeah, look how it's made to it might even, I'm not kidding, be cardboard. Maybe. I don't know what they had back then. They didn't have corrugated. But they had movie lots, you know, where they, yeah. they had sound stages. So they, they must be filming it while outside they have hydraulics going. You know, it's a different variety of, uh, like, a <laughs> how crazy is that? Him hanging off the uh, building. You're going to shut the door? Yeah, they really have the fan. There's no acting needing, needed in this role. I, you know... They're not like, hey, Cargus, can you pretend you pretend to push the door? No, he goes, hello, friend. Yeah, but look at this. He doesn't recognize him. There's some guy in a dress. Right. Oh. Where? Floppy shoes. Yeah. The the town shot of the cyclone, what do you think that is? It's not stock footage. They did it. They could have hand-drawn it. It wasn't much information, on, you know, like about the production. I would have to find like an actual book. Carl, I have to tell you, like all my film reference books, like my Video Hound and my Leonard Moulton, which would list list this. I w I didn't bring when I moved, so uh -huh. I, I didn't have any physical references. I just have my like cult movie books. So right, and even then, I couldn't couldn't really find. I, so. I was really looking for your best guess. 
you know, how they yeah. do the effects. I think you've nailed it about, I don't know, it's hydraulics. It's probably you're just pushing it. You know? It's like a fun house. Like they must be in a stage. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he just got blown in there. It's like You're great. mad at the fans. You think that's unfair to them? It's. You think that hurt being like pushed on your butt, like dragged yeah. on your butt like that? Yes, yes. But I think he's, uh, you know, thirty-three. I think he can handle it. Yeah, he can handle it. And I think in nineteen twenty-six, increase, increase. It was like the operator or something. Wow. I know. It's no, no expense. <laughs> It's very it's like Indiana Jones surviving. Yeah, yeah nuked the fridge, but this time he uh, he telephoned the uh, he, he win the boom the win the booth. He hung up the phone. <laughs> well, that's it. It's done. He survived it. No, there's still more. Wow, it's like a sometimes it looks like a train set, and they unfocus the film a little bit. And with all the wind, you believe it. I'm suspending disbelief. You think maybe the U.S. government blew, like, dropped another bomb and gave him the footage? Yeah. It's a lot of effects for a movie. Yeah. The walking movie. If he was just walking, I would have been satisfied. This they is spent cool. their money on this. This is Forrest Gump. Somebody better come and get their building. <laughs> We're almost wrapping up. Believe it or not, he's gonna he's gonna <clears throat> save the day by saving this building. This, this is this is like my favorite scenes. <laughs> and then boom, like two shots. Just like he doesn't, you don't even see him go up the stairs. I got you know, I was coming right up. Next scene, I'm up. Next scene, we're out. Is it her? Yeah. But he saved her. Yeah, he brought her into the cyclone. Go down the basement, bitch. Uh, by <laughs> bitch, I meant the male. I, by bitch, I meant, you know, uh, Jim Crawford. <laughs> the bitch is back. It's a, he, they have priorities, you know? Yes. They, yeah. Oh, no. Look at my model train set. It's the fall of the house of Usher. He did working on that model set, Usher. Carl, I'm sorry, Dad. Carl, we were making a film, Dad. We were making a film and there was a cyclone. Carl, you ruined my Lionel train set. My father gave this to me. Oh, can I have it? Because I'm going to ruin it. No, you can't have it. That you, have show you first have to show respect to the Lionel train oh, set. What is that? That was stop motion or some shit. Yeah. He chases the cyclone out. How did he do it? By throwing shoes at it? Bricks. Threw bricks at it, and it took to the air. Uh-huh. Yeah, he didn't save shit. Look at that place. Okay, he made it go away. He didn't save shit. No, did you read the placard? Yes. <laughs> the John Luke placard? <laughs> Just because I read it doesn't make it so. He didn't say shit. Still love his shoes. This is just like uh So now so we're here we are. The end. How many no. years have passed? Well, no, it's you know a couple. Of, well, not more than three months, I hope. And his dad's going to find out on the news. So again, this is after the fact when the newsreel is aired and shot, but well, we don't I know as audience. Like two miles per hour. 
and I think it's over 3,000 miles, right? This is also a walking race. Cheating to run at the end. So he yeah. wins. So at one point, does the audience know that? We have to watch it in the movie. We have to watch it in the movie theater, in the movie theater. So they did get married. Right. And the only it's not village- a creepy story. It's a romantic story. You know, the only, well, she's an heiress too. The only trivia I saw in IMDb was that uh, for this shot, they, they, they had a baby and it didn't work out. So he did this. And that's and, funny, I guess. It's funny for like, what, two seconds? It goes, da 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 the end, do 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 MGM, you know, Paramount Pictures, the end. That's Let's just go. No, now he has a teddy bear. We'll stick with that. His stick is that he's like a little kid, like an innocent kid, not an angry kid or not a, you know, man. He's literally a man child or child man. Right. But he does one crazy stunt before the movie ends. He's going to flip 360 this crib, and I don't know how he falls out or what. What? Okay. Yeah. So he has a crib, right? It's going to flip like over. It's going to do a 360. Like one of the horse will keep him in place. I don't know how they do it. Like, this is baffling. He broke his milk from glass bottles. I know. <laughs> He's going to poke the milk. This, see, this bit never ends. It doesn't end. They should have the, the uh, da, 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 da. first national picture. All right, Whoa. Oh, was no. Cut away and cut back. They matched action very well. But, All right, yeah. I the first two times I saw it, I thought he he actually did the flip. Now finally, da 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 da. Carl, what do you think of this movie? I uh, enjoyed it very much. I like his comedic acting and timing and all that jazz. Yeah, uh, it was really good. Oh, well, I'm glad. Yeah, me too. It was cool. Like again, like his later films, which I recommend. He's a completely different comedy style. It's more of like kind of overplaying it every time, but. Uh, I, so first I ever heard of him. This was good. I, I'm gonna have to check out the other two that Capra directed, and then I want to check out the films he directed. The ones that are supposed to be so bad it ruined his career. Right. You know, that's an invitation to me. And he didn't ruin his career. He just did a lot of lousy, funny movies afterwards. Carl, no. uh, yeah. Next one. Yeah. So these are movies that are in the public domain, and we have a short. Carl, what's the name of the short? I'm gonna type it in now. It's called Fool's Luck, 1926. Fool's Luck, 1926. The channel we like is Victor 1960 FUL. Victor 1960 FUL. Fool's Luck, ladies and gentlemen, 1926. And this is another comedic icon, uh, Fatty Arbuckle, right? Yeah, this is Fatty Arbuckle. All right, we're ready for the second feature. Very excited. Oh, I really enjoyed that celebrity comedian. Here he, or she is here again for. Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Take it away, Carl. All right, so let's get this started. I am I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumba. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to Brumba. Okay, so let's get ready to Brumba. And now, what you've all been waiting for, master of the descending numerals, the Countdown King himself. Would you please welcome... Mr. Paul Brumbaugh. All right, guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in three, two, one, go.
<laughs> what a great callback. <laughs> what a great callback. Right, here, here we, we go. are, Fool's Luck, a fatty Arbuckle film, but it presents... Educational. That's the name of the company, but it was Lupino Lane, not Fatty Arbuckle, who's the star. Look, the dude. In 1926, Weird. they say the dude. The dude, yeah. The Lupino's the dude. The dude. Yep. So when does Fatty Arbuckle show up? He doesn't. He can't. He's been publicly disgraced. Do you want to go ahead and tell me why he was... By the way, her name was Rappé. It's pronounced Rappé. Rappé? Yeah, okay. Well, this save you some time. is directed by William Goodrich, not Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle. It was written by William Goodrich, not Fatty Arbuckle. And it was starring Lupino Lane, not Fatty Arbuckle. Wait a minute, he just used a pseudonym and showed up in a movie? He didn't show up, no. You see, okay, there's a whole story, and it's really impressive, and I hope we get to it. But what happened, which was tragic, was um, at age 32, no, sorry, at age 34 on Labor Day, you see, he had this movie called Crazy to Marry, like as in to get married with him. Yeah. Crazy to Marry, and they they were it was a big blockbuster, and they were having a party. Um, now, look, he wasn't a party guy like a Jim John Belushi or something. He was just, you know, they threw him a party. Congratulations. Uh, and there was lots of drinking. Um, it was in San Francisco at the St. Francis Hotel. Sure, they got absolutely. it for a three-day weekend. By the end of the week, he was arrested. Um, he was in San Francisco Hall of Justice on felony roll, hel row, held without bail in the slaying of 25-year-old actress named Virginia Rapp. Rappay. 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 Rappay had accused Arbuckle of raping her prior to passing away, but Rappay had a history of accusing men of rape. Um, Roscoe uh, with his friends, Lowell Sherman... Fred Fishback drove to San Francisco. They checked into the St. Francis Hotel through a party, which was crashed by the starlet named Virginia Rape, who fell seriously ill Rappay. and died three days later of a ruptured bladder. I'm not yeah. sure they said you murdered her. Well, no. So the thing was, like, I, I had read a novel, a novel, a nonfiction book about this, too, because he, they drove up from Los Angeles in, like, a customized car with a bar. Yep. You know, and it was just like big party time, but they don't know exactly what happened. I mean, they do know there was something showed up her. Showed you know, gross. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, the story is that it was like a ice tongs. So ruptured bladder. Oh my God, that's awful. Yeah. No, this is, yeah. And she died from it. Oh my God. I think she died. Now, this guy was like a genteel person. He wasn't like... Well, I don't know him, right? All right. was what I read. The newspapers led by William Randolph Hearst used this incident to generate Hollywood's first major scandal. Crazy to Mary was quickly pulled from the theaters. The nation outraged to discover the off-screen lies of Hollywood stars. Blah, 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 blah. A mysterious woman named Maude Delmont, a witness for the prosecution, never called to testify because police and prosecutors knew her story would not hold up on the stand. According to this author, 
Yet what she had to say would be more than enough to ruin Arbuckle's career. Uh, tried not once, but three times on criminal charges. Two hung juries, and the third one did not guilty. And they wrote him a personal letter of sympathy and apology. Kept it as a treasured memento from all his life. Now, this guy discovered Buster Keaton. This guy was the guy who brought Buster Keaton to the screen. Yeah. Fatty Arbuckle. Yeah, you know, Fatty Arbuckle, there was a movie and I can't find it on YouTube because it was called Hollywood. He made a cameo after <clears throat> after this controversy. Like, he's, it's an unbilled, like, he plays himself. He shows up and... and uh -huh. uh, but I can't find it anywhere because you type in Hollywood 19, you know, whatever, you're not yeah. going to get a movie title. You're going to get like a weird dateline. Well, I guess the thing to do is go to Google and then do that images or videos. You might get luckier. If you right. That's a good idea. Picture. Okay. So he got a telegram saying from his parents, uh, we're cutting you off. And he, you know, he just got off the phone with his girlfriend who had, with the rich dad come over to my house, you know, fiance tonight. He wants to impress the father for dinner, you see. And right. now he's got no money. And the guy just came up and said, Look, you are three months behind on your rent. You gotta get out. Three Everybody, months of rent. Yeah. Not again. So they're taking all the furniture. You're moving now. They're putting it out. Onto the street. So this was written and directed by Fatty Arbuckle using a pseudonym. Yes, exactly. Uh, directed? Hmm, I think no, probably, but written. Yes. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Okay, let me tell you about him, right? Uh, eight, 16 pounds at birth. What? He was the baby of nine children. Uh, they moved to California when he was one. At age eight... He was on stage, acrobat, singer, clown. At 17, he got his like first pro gig singing illustrated songs for, you know, San Jose, California, 1750 a week. Traveled through China and Japan with blah, blah, blah. At age 26, he started working for the Keystone Film Studio, 40 bucks a week. It was a big deal. Um, he never starred or featured, but he was in hundreds of things. Most of the time, he was a Keystone cop, but he played right. different parts. You know, he worked with uh, Charles, uh, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, I've seen those. I've seen his shorts, too. Have you ever seen his stuff? No, nope, not really. Good. He's funny. Yeah, you know, he's funny. He has a kind of a self-contained, like, response. It's He's another boy. Like, he has that kind of wistful smile, but... Uh, he's kind of pleased with himself sometimes, like to the camera. It's funny. Yeah, uh, it's funny. You know, is good. this is this, you know, really dangerous? Well, I don't know why the policeman can't look up. So sometimes they do the thing where you cut half the film, you cover it, and then so it doesn't get exposed. But look, it dips into the background. Is it a right. movie running in the background on a big screen? And they they rear projected. They did that in that uh, Laurel and Hardy movie, Stan and Ollie, that I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. I should mention, I forgot to even mention, Harry Langdon was in a, uh, was uh, Stan's replacement. Oh, that's right. For yeah. uh, It kind of was the other way around. The like, other way around, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was in the movie, and they had an actor play him. And that's where I first really saw who Harry Langdon was. But, uh, you know, 
Yeah, so there's one film where uh, it's uh, I guess the big guy and then him, and then he he wrote like a bunch of their movies with him towards the end of his career. But yeah, anyway, yeah, I forgot Did to you mention just put that it on with the rope. I, I've seen this, but I missed that movie. Yeah, that's he did. the daughter and the father, and we're just getting the pressure. Okay, so up, oh, it's the telephone. He's out. He's hung on a wire right now. <laughs> so, did uh, you know you're on top of a piano? I know, but if you hum a few bars, very good. Um, at 27, he began directing one reel. Uh, at 28, he was up to two reels, which means he needed to be sustain his humor, and he could. Um, and then it lists a bunch of films you never heard before, but they're always Fatty's, Fatty <laughs> and Fatty's Reckless Fling, Fatty at the Beach. Right. That's what I've seen. I've seen, like, you know, Fatty orders a sandwich or, right. you know, Fatty. They did this uh, one about the World's Fair in San Francisco, so they really went to the World's Fair Keystone made him do it because it would be like, you know, real cheap. It would look like they were. Yeah, they get a crowd, a crowd there. Yeah. So this Keystone, like he, Fatty Arbuckle always thought in his start that Keystone doesn't think I'm funny. He doesn't think I'm funny. What do I got to do? <laughs> but at age 30, he made a deal with the devil. At age 30, he formed a partnership with Joseph M. Shank, the guy who took Fatty Arbuckle. Uh, took yeah, uh, Oh, Shanick. Yeah. Yeah, Shanick. Shanick, that, sh that schmuck. Um, he was okay. One of one of his the wives was in that Seven Chances. They formed a company called Comique, and the films that Roscoe made were released through famous uh, on a percentage basis. He was making over a thousand a week. That was a rich guy in his days. Yeah, he had sure. The company he had complete control, and he hired a guy he met in New York, Buster Keaton. Keaton would film star would film career would start with Roscoe's The Butcher Boy, 1917. Um, at age 32, they asked him to move from two reels to full length features. Uh, and he was successful. He was kicking ass. So at 34, that's when he got accused of. Uh, that's when he had to go to trial. That's when he became a newspaper, you know. So anyway, he got, he, he, they said, you're not guilty. And he changed his name to Goodrich because Buster Keaton said he should be, uh, will be good. And, and Arbuckle just changed it to Will Goodrich. I don't know. He, he, he was a comedy director for Al St. John, Buster Keaton, and others with this pseudo name. And so in 32, he was going to be an actor again at age 45. In 1932, he was going to appear in his first comics. He did like uh, six shorts for them. But at the age of 46, he had a heart attack. And that was it. He was going to come back. Oh, that's crazy. Well, what would he do by that point? Well, it was talkies. It was a whole new world. Right. He, well, I guess he, uh, I'm trying he to think if I've ever seen one of his. six shorts for them, and they were like, okay, make movies for us. He was going to do full-length movies. Who right. knows what Fatty Arbuckle would have given us? It's true. I mean, I could see him as a radio personality, you know, the radio shows. The Fatty Arbuckle show. Yeah. Now, this is good in everything because it's like, I don't know how dangerous it is what he's doing right now. I mean, nobody's driving the car. 
I know. Yeah, a lot of these stunts are uh, pretty impressive for a guy like when he was moving the piano around the house. Look how high he was up on the chair. Now, look, this guy's got no home. They're just driving to drive. So he's like, why stop here, you you dummies? Well, of course. Hey uh, there. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh. Will you be quiet, train? I'm looking for the driver. Did he? Was the driver under the hood? Did he find the driver under the hood? No, no. He did now look. Did he check out his hood? General, but don't worry. Yeah. He's safe. He's safe. Oh, Carl, this is... I can't watch. It's so he bad, the quality. Not the... He'll be fine. I can't watch. Whoa. It's the quality. I, I'm sure he's fine. What luck. Oh, phew. Wah, 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 wah. Here comes the punchline. Shazam! Whoa. How dangerous was that? Damn you, Batman. One take. Yeah, that's crazy. Perfect timing, too. They had to wait for the train to come. Now, what's he going to do? He doesn't what have train will allow that? He doesn't. Well, no train will allow it. I mean, it's against the law. As a matter of fact, he could sue them. No, but I'm saying for the movie production, they're like, hey, do you mind back in 1926? <laughs> it, it wasn't that common for uh, right, right. trains to run through uh, cars for movies. They didn't hire the train. They just knew the train was coming, and they probably gave a heads up. It so the guy is like, "Don't fucking sue us." Here's a check for a thirty grand. Wow. Yeah. Don't consult the lawyer. Just give the check. Then don't worry. It won't bounce. <laughs> Here's my check. It won't bounce. Well, don't back worry. in that day, what he's going to do is he's not going to the bank. He's going to go to this store and say. I endorse to you this check. And that that was how it worked back then, you know? So he would get $30,000 worth of furniture. Wait a minute. 20000 20000 So at least he buys the furniture, right? So mm -hmm. the store the cashes the check, but it's worth it for them because they, yeah, there he goes. Look at Fatty's direction. Get everyone in there. Hire me some men. I have the money. I've got twenty typewriter song while they do this. <laughs> now watch who comes through the door. Ding dong. Oh, oh hello. Oh, heiress to a fortune. Mm. Oh, but where's his piano? I missed that thing. Yeah, that thing's dead. Oh. He was funny playing uh, solitaire in the bathtub. Yeah, that was funny. Floating. Yeah. I, I'm going to try that. I'm a very impressionable young kid. <laughs> hey, it worked out. Educational film exchange where laughter is. What was it? They had a weird okay, motto, too. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have just watched two movies that are now in the public domain. Yeah. Uh, Fool's Luck. Uh, lucky fool that he was able to <laughs> make it in time. And of course, uh, Harry Langdon. Fools, you're in luck. You're in luck. Uh, and of course, we started off with Harry Langdon. I got to stop to keep playing. It was movies. ho, 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 right? It was tramp, tramp, tramp. Oh, tramp, tramp, tramp. Okay. Can I tell you something funny? Is that I uh, I did look on IMDb. There was a short called Tramp, 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 where a guy lets homeless people into his house oh, in the 40s. But I'm like, it's a pun on that Civil War song. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. We, we will be back next week. We will have a movie lined up for you. 
uh we'll let you you'll you'll find out check it how how can i find out about our movie check be join us on facebook yeah sign up for let's watch a full night movie on youtube carl posts the uh the the information the graphic yeah and then also check us out on lwaflmoyt on youtube carl has been posting them uh every week uh our episodes synced up with the movies you can watch the visual and listen to it without doing it yourself that's on lwaflmoyt youtube channel Oh, as always, we love Muni Radio. Thank you so much for letting us host. Thank you, audience, for joining us. Carl, great job, huh? Thank what you. What did you think of me as a researcher? Pretty I thought lame, you were right? great. I thought you were terrific. You knew the whole backstory about his ascendancy, just like they did with Arbuckle. Perfect. Right. But he's a guy that I, I'm not familiar with, and now I, I want to. So for me, this was just an initial maiden voyage. Yeah, so I didn't, I kind of, folk, yeah. So I, I definitely look them up if you're bored and you have one of those uh, search engines on your little. Uh, Harry Langdon. Yeah, Harry Langdon. You'll you'll have to see tons of crap he does. They're all on Tubi, your streaming service. So we'll be back next week with a new movie. So please uh, keep subscribe, stay in tune, tell your friends, iTunes, all that smashing. Like uh, Carl, thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Bye. All right, see we'll be back. Bye. Bye. See you, audience. Michael Siegelman. We watch a full night movie on YouTube. Listen to us and we watch the movie at the same time. If you listen to this podcast at the movie, Carl, they're not doing it right. It's they're not. Happy right. It's not the yeah, experience. Right. And who wants to listen? You don't even know what we're talking about. Watch the movie with us. Let's watch full
distinguished guests, welcome to LWAFLMYT. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi. Welcome, stinky guests. Welcome, 2022. I almost I was singing the theme song. Did you hear that? The no, name of the title. I said, "Let's watch a." Let's watch a oh, movie yeah. on from your catchy theme song. My we are. Oh, please say my name. No problem. Uh, we are on Mutiny Radio right now, as we are every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Mutiny Radio. It's an internet radio. Uh, there was pirates, and there was a mutiny, and then it's internet radio. So go to mutinyradio.fm. And you'll find us. We'll find many other shows. You can live stream what's broadcasting. And there's a donation button. You could go to pa Patreon. Or we like to go to Venmo and donate money at Mutiny Radio. There's a reason why we're here every week. You want to listen to us as a podcast? Well, that acronym up front is what you search for, LWF. Oh, Carl, do it for me. <laughs> L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L. M-O-Y-T. I like that theme song. Too. Oh, my favorite was the original, too. Let's watch. <laughs> By the way, uh, you can go to my newly revived LuggageTuesdays.com website. And if you scroll down six sites, you'll see uh, six uh, posts. You'll see all of uh, Carl's songs on SoundCloud. Uh, which, yeah, actually, I'm, uh, if you go to SoundCloud at Spiegelmania, I have all of Carl's songs. Is that great, Carl? You did the hard work, and I just posted them on SoundCloud, my name on them. It says Carl on it. I said Carl. People will be like, oh, right, Carl. Oh, the from New Jersey, right. Right. Yeah. Well, we are uh, – so that's, I would also recommend going to our YouTube channel at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Super it. strong. So as you could tell from the acronym and the title of our catchy sing-song-ish uh, podcast title – we are going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube in its entirety, in real time, with you as you watch it and listen to our podcast. Carl, what is the movie we're watching this week? This week, we will watch Wild in the Streets, 1968. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Wild in the Streets, 1968. The channel we like is weird, okay? It's, but it's, <laughs> Carl. It's Anselmo Oimira. and. Oh. Selmo Oimira. So if you find a channel that looks resembles that, you're at the right place. Well, we want you to go ahead and do it. You'll find it the moment you type in Wild in the Streets 1968. And once you find it with uh, uh, that channel, which I don't have in front of me, uh, go ahead and click the link, hit pause. And Selmo Oimira. Move the uh, timer bar to the left. And just hit wait for our countdown. Now, it's a lot of work, right? But we're going to give you some time because our celebrity comedian countdown is coming right up with a great comedian that Carl knows from the great state, the Garden State. <laughs> yes, New Jersey. Uh, Chris Cuomo's own. Will you please? No, not Chris Cuomo. The other guy. Remember when we saw the other guy when he, he, he uh, said he was not going to run for president? And we're like... Right. Now he's going to say Trump's an ass. He's like, I'm I'm behind Trump. And we're like, what? <laughs> we're in a diner. All right. Well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, here is Carl with our comedian celebrity countdown to get us ready for the movie and meet a comic from New Jersey. Take it away, Carl. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Chris Monty. Welcome, Chris. <laughs> 
Thank you so much. What a, thank you. Everybody sit down. I thank you for standing ovation. Now, we first met at Scotty's Pub in Comedy Cove, and we're going back a ways. You were just there uh, in December. I love that little club, and I think you do, too. I do, actually. No, I actually know Gene and L'Oreal, the, uh, the owners of the restaurant and club. I know them for many years before the Comedy Cove existed. I met them uh, down in Wildwood, New Jersey, uh -huh. uh, probably 20 years ago. They used to come down on a vacation, and for some reason, they always came down the week I was working this little club called the Casbah Comedy Club down in Wildwood. Uh -huh. And every year, they'd stop and have a drink after the show with me and say they, they love seeing me. And then a couple years later, um, Gene reached out to me and said, hey, we're opening a, a comedy club at, at the restaurant, and we'd love to have you. And I think I was one of the first uh, comedians that he had hired when he, when he just started that club. Absolutely. Who knew he'd become a booker? You didn't know who you were drinking with at the time. You had no idea. You know, one night it could be a booker. One night it could be, you know, your next wife. You never know. <laughs> That's right. Now, we both love that club and we are working on a pilot together called Life's Laugh Lessons about a comedy class. And we did a lot of shooting there at Scotty's. And I think it's because it really feels like a comedy club. Your picture's on the wall there. Yes, that's, well, that only lowers the property value. But, <laughs> um, yes, um, we, we, it does feel like a club. It, it yeah. absolutely feels like a club. Um, and we did do a lot of shooting, and, and hopefully uh, within the next uh, few months, that project is going to be launched off the ground, and, and we'll be talking about that on your show and, and, and other places, many other places, because uh, I think it's going to be a great project. Yeah, me too. And it's all about getting on TV, which you are no stranger to. You've been all over TV. Uh, let's see, Vinyl. Vinyl was on HBO, and I think that was a pretty big deal. Uh, tell me about that. There's Scorsese's involved. Jagger's involved. Like yeah, Martin Scorsese, uh, Mick Jagger produced it. The show, show is about the rock and roll industry um, on the record company side of the rock and roll industry mm -hmm. uh and took place in 1973 which was where the show took place um bobby cannavale was the star ray romano was on the show yeah um there was there was so many stars it, if you if you just google it you know vinyl uh it lasted one season unfortunately and um which has been the <laughs> the crutch of my career in acting it's like everything i get on it's been canceled <laughs> oh, <laughs> like right after i get on it um but <laughs> it was the a perfect it, guy to do a pilot with right yeah well hopefully this will be our this will be the charm this will yes. be the charm life's last lessons right? right um but yeah so it was it was fantastic working in that environment with uh with i know i never got to meet scorsese or Mick Jagger. they weren't oh. on on location when we were shooting um but the show was shot in in brooklyn new york and um it was just a great experience. I, I got to meet and work with uh, Ray Romano, and and uh, he's a, I was I'm always been a big fan of him, and yeah. uh, one of the nicest guys in the business. Uh, Bobby Cannavale, professional, great. Uh, it was a great experience, and I wish I only wish it it, it would have lasted into uh, into more seasons. Yeah, you were also on Kevin Can Wait, and uh, you, you bumped into a bunch of people out. You got to be good friends with a bunch of people out there too, right? Yeah, well, I'm friends with Kevin. What happened was they roasted a comedian, a famous comedian on Long Island. I'm from New York, so there's a famous comedian on Long Island named Richie Minavini. Richie yeah. is like the godfather of Long Island comedy. He was like he the is. first guy to open multiple comedy clubs as a comedian. 
and be very friendly to other comedians. He fanned the flames on the career of Ray Romano, Kevin James, a guy named Rock Rubin, uh, who became the head writer for all of those shows. Mm -hmm. uh, through Richie, I met Kevin James. Uh -huh. And the first thing I did with Kevin James was uh, Mall Cop 2. He asked me to be in Mall Cop 2. Um, oh, I was yes, in that film. That's right. Yeah, I was in that film in 2014. And then a few years later, um, he he was doing that show on CBS, uh, Kevin Can Wait, and he had called me. The best part about working with Kevin is I don't have to audition. He calls me when the part's right. Hey, do you want to do this? Are you available? Yes, I'll do it. And he you know it's you. Where everything else, you got to go through auditions and aggravation. And But uh, but I Kevin's very good to um, to me and to a lot of comedians. Now, you've got uh, comedy specials out there, too. And right now, streaming on Amazon Prime is uh, a comedy special called What's the Worst That Could Happen? Uh, it's very funny, but I made sure to watch it all the way to the end, let all the credits roll, or you miss out, right? Yeah, with Amazon, you got to get it played fully through to get the full six cents. <laughs> that is crazy. It's, yeah, Boy, I know. So I always tell people, just put it on loop when you go to work and let it play all day. <laughs> um, but actually, to be honest with you, I've, I've surprisingly done really well with like, like if you're getting like if you're getting six to ten cents for the for the fifty two minutes, mm -hmm. and you get a check for like twenty two bucks, that means a lot of people had to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> so, it, um, it it doesn't add up, but it has to add up for it to yeah. add up. So I hear I'm you. not in it. I'm in it. I'm not. In, I mean, that's special. I'm not in it for the residuals for the money. I'm in it for the exposure and for the following. And yeah. you know what? It's been. It was released in. I, I believe we released that in 2018. Okay. 2018 or 2019, but I think it was 2018. So that one was released in 2018, and since then, it's actually built a following and, and done well. But as a comedian, and you know this, you do stand up. You you move on from from where you were. So like I, that was a different guy back then. So as much a as I want people routine. to watch that, I want them to watch new stuff because I've evolved in my life and I bring my new life into my act every time. Yes. So let's do that. Let's fast forward to today. The most current burning thing is you certainly you right now have a comedy special on that new app called Dry Bar, Dry Bar Comedy. Um, what is the name? What's the name of your Dry Bar Comedy special? So the name of my special is Just Be Happy. Okay. And uh, it's on Dry Bar. You go to drybarcomedy.com. Dry Bar is an app. Like I said, you can download it to your phone. You can download it to your device, whatever your device is. Um, and there is a, there's a monthly fee to watch it. But by downloading the app, if you use promo code Chris Monty, right? M-O-N-T-Y, Chris Monty, C-H-R-I-S, one word. Use One that code. Word. You, that that makes me get the the few the few clams, the few shekels, the the change that that dry bar will send me for people signing up because of me. But even though you sign up because of me, you watch my special, which I want you to do. You can also watch any comedian on there, and there's a thousand comedians. And Carl, there's there's tons of comedians you know that have specials on there. Yeah. Um, and they're very funny. I've watched. I mean, just since I got involved with Dry Bar, I must have watched about twenty five specials of other comedians and they're and they've been fantastic and no, there are 25 minutes each so it's an easy watch you know 
And one of the good things about dry bar is it's month to month. You don't sign up for the year or something. You can drop. Like you can, you can drop. Oh. You can sign up one month at a time and then or you can sign up. They're coming out with deals where you can do three months, six months, a year if you want. But they also have the one month. I, I don't know what the I, I don't want to give the number. I don't know how, how much it is, but yeah, um, it's not expensive. And you know what? It's 25 minutes because normally when we were growing up, uh, you know, comedy special was an hour. You know, so a guy had yeah. an HBO special. Yeah. It's an hour. And that's fine. That's great. When you're going to sit in, you know, watch Netflix or watch Amazon Prime or or watch HBO on Saturday night with the wife. You know, you watch the hour special, but these are 25 minute specials. So maybe it takes you 25 minutes on your train ride to work. Boom. Yeah, you can plug in your phone, get your Bluetooth in your ear and watch a special, you know? OK, so it's Dry Bar Comedy. This Dry Bar Comedy special is called Just Be Happy. And the promo code is all one word. Chris Monty. Everyone knows how to spell Chris M-O-N-T-Y. Thank you, sir. Yes. Now, how can people find you out there on the Internet? I mean, we've given them some leads. Right. But how can people find you out on social media and stuff? What, what are your Chris your. Twitter grams well, and snap. Yeah, well, Chris Monty, ChrisMontyLive.com is my website. Um, and from my website, on my homepage of my website, has a one-click away, you know, uh, link, picture link to uh, Twitter, mm-hmm. which Twitter is at ChrisMontyLive. Uh, my Instagram is ChrisMontyLive. And then my um, my Facebook page is uh, Chris Monty Comedian, Writer, Actor. So, uh, but if you go to chrismontylive.com, you not only get a quick link, one click away to go to any social media site, you mm-hmm. also get my tour dates and where you can see me at Scotty's, at Las Vegas, at Atlantic City, wherever I'm performing. All the tour dates are there, and you can click from there and go and buy tickets. Okay, so that's chrismontylive.com. Yes, okay, sir. Now- Chris, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie with us at the same time as we do here in the studio. We're all going to press play at the exact same moment. So why don't you go ahead, Chris Monty, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. That was a great segment, Carl. Scary, scary lion. Yeah, why well, I, I didn't come to see a lion. I came to see Wild in the Streets with hippies. You ain't lying. <sighs> Leo. Sorry. All right, we start off with fireworks. Yeah, because Shelly Winters is getting talked into doing it by her new husband, and she doesn't want to do it. And she doesn't want to have a boy, no matter what. Just please don't make it a boy. Uh-huh. That's it's what she's. Oh, it's a boy. There we go. Oh, wow. Flatow, Junior. Flatow. Flatow. Junior. Yeah. Oh, that... oh, was this 1950? I guess. Wow, yeah. baby boom. Wow. <laughs> Their parents are like, okay, boomer. Wow. Was he watching sex? No, he, well, <clears throat> yes, it's it's once again Shelly Winters resisting, Mrs. Flatow resisting Mr. Flatow. And he's she's saying, <clears throat> when he grows up, I'm gonna tell him how awful men are. So he won't hurt some little girl or whatever, you know, take advantage. So here's wow. Max now, maybe six, taking right. advantage. Oh, with his mom in the room. Here we go. Dirty, dirty boy. 
Yeah. Oh, oh, so these are flash. This is character building. Now here's Greg Brady. Where? Holy shit. Yeah. And it's pre Brady Bunch. And it's him, uh, you know, our hero as a kid. It's Max as a kid. Hey, he must have wore the same shirt in the Brady Bunch. Yeah. He said, Gumby, can I borrow your shirt? Gumby. Okay. <laughs> okay, That's Greg. Pokey. That sounds like pokey. Oh, well, all right. Let me do my pokey then. Oh, so yeah. Oh, oh, no. They're, they're being, yeah, no, you need the plastic on it. The dog's going to shit on her. They let the dog in the house. Oh, they're no. Shelly Winters. She, Mrs. Flatow is furious. Said, I don't like the husband. Ooh. All right. Are they leaving? Max. Ooh. Okay. That, oh, no. Acid, huh? Here he is, like 20, whatever. And 29. No, no, like 23 or something. And uh, mom is very comfortable with the acid. Oh, so he's like a mama boy acid maker? I yeah, not a mama's boy, no. But I don't know. I just think it's weird that Shelly Winters, she's been freaking out this whole movie over whatever she sees. Oh, is she going to take it now? No. By the way, do you, when you're making acid, it's best to wear like surgical gloves when you're holding the uh, sugar cubes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. you know one of my favorite uh grateful dead stories is that when they were living like at the beginning of the, the band started they were in san francisco with this they were living in a place that was making acid and that's all they breathed they breathe the, yeah like you know you wake up and you're in a, a house that where they they make acid and you can just <laughs> so uh, they're perpetually tripping yeah basically wow I so that's interesting. Found dynamite too. Wow, what kind of lab? Like, I didn't realize. I thought this was like a suburban home, Carl. He has it like is. a bunker. The basement. My, does your basement have uh, an acid lab and also no. an explosive lab? No, and you see the dynamite. I mean, no, we don't have dynamite, and and well, my mom would not be cool with it. Well, you know, in my house, it was it was cool with the acid, but she was not cool with the explosives. Sure, we had the acid, but acid and explosives is not really. Oh man, he tripping? Mama, Papa, screw off me. Well, now the thing is, we don't know. It seems unprovoked. His freaking out. He's running away from home. Is essentially what he's doing, and that's how he's saying goodbye. He's going to have them come home to a wrecked up house. But it doesn't. Now, look, it's <laughs> pretty good. In the front, but right. it blows up in the back. Also, man, I, I, last time I put dynamite in a car, I ran like hell. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It blew up in the back. Backseat explosive. Uh, that was. That's dad Chevy. You know, didn't you see the no exploding on Sunday sign by the yeah, curb? Right. But the thing is, oh, oh American yeah, international I mean, picture. The quality. Thing is, like, there is no reason for him to. We didn't really see any trauma. You know, it was just like it's 1968, so kids ran away from home. You know, we didn't really have a. We don't really well, have what? a good reason. Her, his father was sexually harassing, uh, assaulting her mother. Mother is domineering and and smacking him. 
wild in the street. Yeah, oh, go ahead. Going to make the first wild in the streets, wild in the, the sheets joke. Uh -huh. Richard Pryor. I know. And Hal Halbrook. Together at last. Oh, and Larry Bishop, that asshole. Yeah. He made a... We saw him in a movie, didn't we? He always played bikers, and then he made Hell Ride, which he directed and Quentin Tarantino produced and had a lot of, like, famous people. You know what I mean? Like, uh... Yeah. Christopher Walken and all that type of, like, anyone whose face looked wrinkly and bicycle-y, they were in it. <laughs> and I remember at the end, they all get killed, but he... No, he gets killed. Dennis Hopper's in it. He's riding a bike. Hell Ride. I have to tell you the ending. Okay, the yeah. Hell yeah. Ride. He gets stabbed, but it was a fake stunt prop gun and he a uh, knife and he walks away like okay. he faked his own death interesting yeah that's our exit I, I i'm one of those assholes who talks over the band by the way but my apologies to barry marin and Cynthia well, well go ahead and give it a listen for 